This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Colleen Christie. Chris and Sophie are off tonight. We're learning more about the death of a man whose tent caught fire at an encampment near Canada Place. The Christmas Day tragedy underscores the dangers many unhoused people face and the need for more shelter spaces. Kristen Robinson reports. A pot on a makeshift stove and a can of stag chili. Among the charred remains of a tent fire which claimed a man's life on Christmas Day. There was a patient laying in the roadway who was still smoking and still on fire. Uh, We used an extinguisher to extinguish that patient and uh, tragically uh, the patient uh, succumbed to his injuries. Firefighters say this was an accidental tragedy. The fire near Waterfront Road in Canada Place under the Vancouver Convention Centre sparked by cooking materials. I just saw flames, that's it. There was like... It was like small and then all of a sudden it was just like huge. Less than 24 hours earlier, a motorhome erupted in flames at a tent encampment off Grandview Highway on the Burnaby-Vancouver border. The fire fueled by multiple propane tanks. A tent also caught fire at a small encampment in South Vancouver on Christmas Eve. There's no fire protection in these tents, so uh, when fire does happen, it usually spreads rapidly and quickly. Lincoln Drummond says the motorhome resident managed to escape. He says he stays safe by using a generator and electric heat instead of gas power in his cargo trailer, but is saddened to learn someone died. It's terrible that you have to like live in those conditions these days, right? Like It's just so expensive to live, so... Yeah, it's a shame, really. Waste of life. It's so tragic because there are other options for people. Councillor Peter Meisner says before noon on Boxing Day, some 200 shelter spaces were available in the city of Vancouver, and people can call 211 to get connected. A mat on a floor I know is not a long-term solution, but it's better than a tent. And clearly there's more need than, than spaces. So we really need the federal government uh, to be more involved. Uh, BC uh, provincial government is a great support, but we can't do it on our own. As the housing crisis persists, those without a home will continue to make difficult, often dangerous, and sometimes deadly decisions. Kristen Robinson, Global News. They were enacted to help ease the housing crisis, but the owner of a condo in Kelowna is voicing his concerns over the province's short-term rental laws. He purchased a unit in a resort property because it was zoned for short-term rentals. But as Aaron MacArthur reports, months later, the rules changed. By just about every definition, this building across from the Kelowna waterfront was designed with tourists in mind, specifically zoned for short-term rentals. Owners can rent their units nightly or weekly during the busy summer season and then offer them to long-term tenants like students in the slower months. Because of this flexibility, the units are often sold at a premium. We pay uh, higher property taxes because of the zoning and and the potential for earning revenue. Uh, We pay higher strata fees because the insurance is is, uh, more expensive. Sam Chaco bought into the Playa del Sol in July, 
hoping to take advantage of that flexibility, only to find out the provincial government's crackdown on short-term rentals included his new investment. We have the same zoning as the hotels in Kelowna. The only difference is that in our building, owners have the option of, of deciding. Starting next spring, the STR rules will apply to all cities with populations greater than 10,000. The provincial government excluded resort municipalities like Whistler and Tofino and exempted tourist towns like Asoyuz, but not Kelowna. In a statement saying, we believe the new legislation offers a balanced approach that will return thousands of homes to the long-term housing market while still accommodating our province's tourism needs. Chaco argues his unit and the 280 others in his building were never totally in the long-term market to start with. I'm not disputing that there's a need for more housing uh, and, and the approach that they've taken might be a little heavy-handed and not well thought out. Um, and a lot of people like myself are getting caught in the crosshairs, um, especially those that have, have gone out of their way to do things legally and properly. The city of Kelowna is reviewing its rules on short-term rentals. The province says municipalities can apply to be exempted from the new law, but only if it has a rental vacancy rate higher than 3% two years in a row. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Highway 4 on Vancouver Island has reopened after debris and falling rock shut it down for several hours. Drive BC first posted about the closure yesterday evening. This morning, a geotechnical assessment was completed and the cleanup got underway. Earlier this summer, rock scaling work led to periodic closures following the Cameron Bluff wildfire in June. Absolutely. That affected me uh, throughout the whole summer, actually. Uh, so since June, June is when the fires started. They closed the highway for three weeks. I was stuck at home because I live in Parksville and work in Port Alberni. So I had to stay home, take my holidays. Uh, and then once we got back to it, it was the entire summer, uh, probably about two months of commuting through that. And it was single lane alternating traffic. And there were times that they shut the highway down between, we'll say, 9 and 5 o'clock p.m. So, and if I wanted to get into the lineup to get through the first flush, I had to leave work early and sit in that traffic for about two hours. Monday's debris and rockfall was the result of a storm. One person is dead following a two-vehicle crash on Highway 1 near Rogers Pass. It happened between Revelstoke and Golden at around 10 o'clock this morning, closing the highway. Emergency Health Services says two other people involved in the accident are in hospital in critical condition. No word on the cause of the crash, though Drive BC is warning drivers to watch for slippery sections. The Conservation Officer Service confirms a bear cub found on the side of a Comox highway last week has been euthanized. Drivers found the cub in the middle of Highway 19 in the Buckley Bay area. They managed to coax the little guy to the side of the road. Conservation officers were called to the scene and determined the cub was too injured and weak to survive. They decided the most humane thing to do was to euthanize it. As if the cost of living weren't enough, prices in another category are set to rise. Furniture, everything from tables to sofas, will likely cost you more. The reason for it and reaction to it, right after this. Retailers are warning consumers that the price of furniture could spike in the new year as Canadian producers push for more tariffs on imported products. As Catherine Urquhart reports, some local businesses are bracing for a worst-case scenario. 
So one example would be this sectional. This is a great modular sectional. At Moe's Home Collection in Vancouver, most of their furniture is imported from China and Vietnam. The owners and other furniture retailers say they fear a new tariff could be coming, one as high as 300%. It would mean that we cannot import from those countries anymore because obviously 300% is just not manageable. Right now the tariffs are 10%. Concern is mounting after this letter was distributed to people in the industry by the Canadian Home Furnishings Alliance. It states in part... We believe now is the time for producers to ask for tariff protection from unfairly traded imports from China and Vietnam. The Canadian Home Furnishings Alliance has initiated a complaint to the Canadian Border Services Agency to impose duties. I think it's happening because there's a couple of domestic manufacturers in Canada who maybe are feeling the economic difficulties right now, and this is a way for them to get more business. Furniture tariffs were applied in 2021, but CBSA won't say if there's a new investigation into import dumping. One retail expert believes there would be other factors at play. I don't know. I'm really not sure this time. I think, again, uh, inflation will play a big role into this, uh, where last time that the tariffs were applied, Inflation wasn't a concern. Right now, if it's around $6,500, you know, would increase to maybe $8,500. Back at Moe's, they're bracing for a worst-case scenario. This could impact a lot of retailers out there and impact a lot of jobs out there. CBSA says investigations result in preliminary decisions on tariffs within 90 days, at which time provisional duties may apply. Catherine Urquhart. Global News. With Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales growing in popularity, the excitement around Boxing Day sales may not be what it once was. But as Grace Key found out, there are still a lot of people willing to wade into the crowds for a good deal. And let the Boxing Day shopping begin. With blue skies and not a drop of rain, many hit Vancouver's Robson Street for this holiday tradition. All the way from the Philippines! Philippines. (laughs) And for some, it was a first-time experience. The real price is like 69, become 49. This one is um, cost 219 and um, I just only got it for 139. Oh, this jacket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the only one. Only one last. The last one. The last one. Just getting to the malls was a challenge. There was a traffic snarl along the Arthur Lang Bridge as people tried to get to the outlet mall. At the Best Buy and Station Square Metro Town, customers sat in line to sign up for phone plans. Others found great deals on electronics proving to be shrewd buyers. I don't have to pay so much difference, right? Because I returned that one or exchange for, for my speaker and got this one. I only pay about $90 for this beautiful TV. It's for my bedroom, you know. <laughs> I've also got the, um, the steering wheel thing marked down. So I bought it before Boxing Day. Then I got the price differential. So I just, ca- so I just came in and got uh, about $80 on the steering um, steering wheel. Then I've got $5 on the shifter. At Park Royal in West Vancouver, the mall was packed with shoppers by early afternoon and they didn't appear to be leaving stores empty-handed. This is the last chance retailers have to unload seasonal or excess inventory. It was 30% off, so it was like a pretty good deal. And then this top, 
And this was 50% off. For some, it's a social activity that can't be missed. Crazy. Like, I'm sweating. Like, it's so hot in the stores and, like, so cold out here. While others are left holding the bag, happy to sit this one out. Grace Key, Global News. It's a change that for some may be hard to swallow. Why some vegan and vegetarian restaurants are now serving meat. Next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Two popular restaurants in Vancouver say they're struggling to make a profit plant on plant-based menus in this post-COVID world. Heirloom Restaurant added meat items weeks ago and will be closing its doors next month, reopening under a new brand. Chi, a plant-based restaurant on West 4th, is sticking to its vegan menu but admits it's not the most lucrative business. Chi's owner says clients sometimes don't value vegetables, which can very often be as pricey or more so than meat. I think that a lot of people think of meat and vegetable like vegetable a lot cheaper, but we just talk about the uh, mushroom here, protein compared to the uh, the meat. It, right now, when the winter time like this, it's thirty five dollar or more um, per pound of uh, mushroom, like the pine mushroom, um, chanterelle, um, lobster mushroom. Um, many other type of wild mushroom. Uh, it's expensive. Experts say the restaurant industry is under enormous financial strain right now, and the vegan and vegetarian market still only appeals to a small segment of the population. Yvonne is here with tonight's forecast. Yvonne, an improvement. Colleen, we've had a nice break through the day today, but a change on the way once again. The next weather maker that is moving in overnight will bring rain, but the big weather story once again will be the winds all across the coast. Now, the following areas, a wind warning has been issued across the central coast and the northern tip of Vancouver Island. Winds up to 60, but gusts up to 120 kilometers per hour. And also a look ahead, a special weather statement has been issued along the western edge of the island, extending in towards Victoria late morning to early afternoon. Here's what we're tracking for tomorrow, large waves and high water levels. So the potential is there for coastal flooding. We'll be watching this very closely and this is just a heads up as we get in towards our Wednesday. A reminder as well, we've got high stream flow advisory blanketing much of the south coast and the flood watch for the areas that are in orange, they may exceed bankful. If you're traveling along the mountain passes, it's the sea to sky that could still see up to two centimeters tonight and then changing over tomorrow and the Cocoa Hollow will be a concern. A bit of a transition where we are looking at the potential and the risk of freezing rain. Dry though along the Rogers Pass, the connector will be quite similar. In the Kootenay Pass, we're looking at cloud cover uh, lingering in towards tomorrow. Now, very wet and windy along the coast tomorrow. Temperatures will be bumping up to 8 degrees. More of a clearing is on the way, and that includes the central interior. Southern half of the province, we are going to see more breaks. If you're traveling along the mountain passes, it should ease off in terms of precipitation. Most areas could still see a few flurries. Whistler will see that tra- change over to rain. Temperatures up to 4, and it's across the island. All areas along the south coast, 
Areas closer to the water by for the island, 60 gusts of up to 80, and much of the lower mainland closer to the water could see some of those gusts of up to 60 kilometers per hour. So the winds will be the big weather story that we'll be following in towards our Wednesday. We've got a nice clearing on the way for Thursday night. Breaks in there for Friday, some sunshine in the mix and highs closer to 10 degrees. All right, tonight's weather window, a beautiful shot captured a couple of days ago. This one in Abbotsford, so thank you so much, Rich. Fantastic shot and gorgeous there capturing the mountain as well. Colleen? Stunning. Thanks, Yvonne. Next, the World Juniors have begun. How Canada's doing so far. And when at first you don't succeed, well, turn it into a documentary. We'll explain next. Jay is here with sports. And uh, let's maybe start with hockey and maybe even finish with hockey. Full-on hockey day. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Colleen. It was a day of rest on Boxing Day for the Vancouver Canucks. It's a hockey team that's punched above its weight class this season. Canucks entered the Christmas break tops in the National Hockey League, which is above and beyond expectations. Now, remember back in September, the Canucks were gearing up for training camp, and team president Jim Rutherford believed that his team was capable of making the playoffs if a lot of things went in the Canucks' favour. And so far, he's been right. Knock on wood, Vancouver Canucks players, their top players have avoided injury. Thatcher Demko is back to elite status in goal. Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, Lee Pedersen, Brock Besser, all worthy of all-star consideration. Canucks will be back on the ice tomorrow for practice. And then they'll host the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday night. The rest of the NHL returns to action tomorrow. World Junior Hockey Championships. Only one returning player for Team Canada as they go for the three-peat. Last time that happened was back in 2009. Finland came close to opening the scoring late in the first, but look at Matisse Russo. How's that for a helping of glove? That's a save of the tournament. I know it's the opening day, but come on. Can you get any better than that? That came with about uh, four minutes to go in the opening period. It was a huge save because 30 seconds later, Nate Danielson has Maverick Lamoureux's shot going off his butt and in. <laughs> it's the glute goal, Colleen. one nothing, Team Canada into the first. Stayed one nothing for the longest time. Owen Allard, another Team Canada player that went undrafted, just like their goalie. He went through the last two drafts undrafted. Allard, post, keeper, and in. 2-0 Canada. Finland scored to make it a 2-1 hockey game, but then Canada regained their two-goal lead. Bit of a strange goal. Macklin Celebrini just shooting on goal. Nicholas Kako of Finland makes the save, but a couple Canadian players, uh, that puck went in. They looked at it for a long time. The ref was right there. Tough to really see on the replay. Watch the puck. It goes underneath the keeper's right knee, which was behind the red line. Celebrini's first of the tournament, 3-1 Canada. Boys would then hit a pair of empty netters to close it out. Connor Geek and Mathry Potrois. 5-2 is how it ends. Good start for Canada. I love those uniforms, by the way, too. 5-2 the final. Canada will play Latvia 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Leaders take down Latvia today. Canucks draft pick Jonathan Lekermacki having a strong pro season in Sweden. Ten goals and counting. He had five shots on goal today against Latvia, and he scored on two of them. Rolls the wrist, snaps in the power play, marker 3-0 Sweden. Lekermack has improved his skating. He's always had a good shot. It looks a little bit heavier this year as well. Let's it fly, squeezes it 5 fully. He had a pair of goals in just over 14 minutes of ice time. Sweden win by a pair of field goals as they shut out Latvia this morning. 6-0.
There's three Canucks prospects playing on that team, by the way. The Americans were pushed by Norway in their 4-1 victory today. Norway gave up a shorthanded goal and then a power play goal in the third to seal their own fate as they fell 4-1. And Slovakia got a goal from Vancouver Giants forward. Uh, Sam Honzek, he had a goal and assist 6-2 as they beat Czechia. How about this? Bruce, there he is, coaching the Spangler Cup for Canada. Last year, Travis Green was coaching at the Spangler Cup. That's where uh, Fire Canucks coaches go to do a little bit of coaching. Canada facing Fulunda HC of Gothenburg, Sweden. That's Pittsburgh Penguins farmham Ty Smith shoveling in the backhander. Had a goal and two assists. Canada had a pair of first-period goals, and that's all they would need in their Spendler Cup debut. Jonathan Hazen had a pair for Canada. Lightning quick tapping in front. Canada wins 4-0. Arendelle, 30 saves in Canada net. The boys get tomorrow off, and then they'll be back on the ace of the Spengler Cup on Thursday. Lots of good stuff to watch if you're home having enjoy your vacation. Exactly. Yeah. Eating all the leftovers. Exactly. Thanks so much, Jay. <laughs> okay. uh, listen, uh, during the pandemic, Tristan Wheeler was on a mission to become Castlegar's first poet laureate, but he couldn't convince city council it was a good idea. So, as Safia Pirani reports, he did what anyone would do. He made a documentary about his shattered dreams. Hi, my name is Tristan Wheeler, and I want to become the poet laureate of Castlegar, British Columbia. A failed attempt, now the subject of a documentary. Kind of had the, a silly thought that I would just like tweet, which was, I'm like the Ernest Hemingway of Castlegar, British Columbia. In 2021, Tristan Wheeler was unemployed in Toronto and decided he would become the poet laureate of his hometown, Castlegar. What's that, you ask? Poet laureate is the official poet of a city, country, or institution. They write poems for special events, and they are the shepherd for the written word. Although he had a degree in English literature and the inspiration. Have you ever seen me write a poem or write a poem I've written? I think so. The experience, not so much. But that didn't stop this young man who pushed himself to publish a book with 61 poems. City Hall, out of red brick and cement, we watched it go up. If we're lucky, maybe we'll see it come down and head back home to launch a campaign. My argument was basically, why not? There's no, there's no downsides. Gaining support from locals. And I was wondering, would you guys, were you, would you express support for that, for that mission? No, no not. not really. Well, some of them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Eventually, council rejected his enthusiastic proposal, saying there is no room in the budget, even though Wheeler said he'd do the job for free. But following his documentary's recent screening at the Old Castle Theatre, his efforts aren't going unnoticed. You know, strangers came out from this, like, around the town, like, around Castlegar and around the area, and that was really cool to see them kind of get into this project as well through the event. Which goes to show if you want to achieve something, keep at it. I think everyone should, if they have a silly idea, they're nervous about doing it because they're afraid of what people might think, I say go for it. And even though Tristan Wheeler might actually have more luck as a filmmaker, his spirits remain high. And his goal of becoming Castlegar's only poet laureate remains. No one else is going to do it, and no one else has your voice. Safia Pirani, Global News. I think there's something to be learned there. I think so. What the heck? <laughs> just go for it. Yeah, why not? Just give it a try. For go sure. for it. I love his attitude. I, I just, I think we need more of that in this world. You never know what gets produced in a small town. No, nope, absolutely. And he may have a 
future careers of filmmakers. So, so there's that. Uh, thanks for joining us. That's the News Hour. We will be back at 11. Stay with us now for Richard Zussman's interview with Premier David Eby.